0: reading today the the reading of the Gospel of the Samaritan Woman. We're doing it because it is the reading from year A, which you normally read whenever you do the scrutinies preparing people for baptism. And of course, we do that at 10 a.m. Mass. And because Dustin doesn't want to have to do a whole new set of music, and I don't want to have to write two homilies, we're going to do the readings from year A today. (laughs) Besides, I love preaching on these readings every year in Lent. They're very rich spiritual readings Uh, the question I have today is this story here in John chapter 4 the story of the Samaritan woman where did John the author of the gospel hear this story how did he come to know what had happened Uh, again I think a lot of people have this idea that the gospel writers are sitting in their room and some angel comes and whispers in their ear and tells them what to write that's not how it works at all While they're inspired, what happens is they use their own experience, their own perception, and the Spirit works and inspires through that when they put it down on paper. Now we know that John, a disciple, was there. He would have been arguably part of the crowd that left to get food and then asked why Jesus uh, didn't want to eat or wondered where he had food. But still, he wouldn't have known the reaction of the woman because she wasn't there. wouldn't have known what the people in the town would have said. So I think we can assume, possibly, that John actually possibly later went and talked to that woman. Maybe talked to the people of the town to get her testimony. You know, John's gospel is written much later than the other gospels. And so maybe he went 5, 10, 15 years later to talk to this woman. To see how her encounter with Christ changed her. And so, this is the case. When we hear this story, then we know that this one brief encounter with Jesus on this hot day noon forever altered the course of her life, therefore the course of the people in her community. Why? What was so special about this encounter? Besides all of the symbolism that is present there, Jesus knew her, particularly calling out her sin. The fact that she had had five husbands and the one that she had now was not her husband. She knew, he knew what she had done, almost like he was reading her soul. Of course, if someone would do this to us, we would have the same effect. But Jesus didn't say, You terrible woman. You did all these horrible things. I can't believe it. He called her sin out, but he called her to a deeper conversion, not at one time shaming her, putting her down. She was already filled with enough shame. It was a subtle, gentle call to conversion, to giving up that life of sin, a call to repentance. What I think we possibly can say more than any specific thing that Jesus said, or this call to conversion, his ability to look beyond her sin, to see who she truly was, her dignity, her value, her worth, so much so that he was willing to ask her to give him, a Jew, a drink of water. He saw her essential goodness, her purity that was there under the surface. And he was able to do it, not by words, but by his penetrating gaze. By Jesus seeing her and noticing her. She had tried to hide. That's why she was coming to get water at 12 noon. People get water in the earliest part of the day. When it's not hot, she went because she was so filled with shame. But Jesus confronted her there, saw her in the broad daylight, and saw who she truly was beyond all of her sin. And this gaze as Jesus seeing her as she truly was I will argue is the thing that had the lasting impact that would have had lasting change for decades to come and so in reading this gospel we know that we are all called or invited to have the same sort of encounter with Jesus where he calls us out he calls us to repentance Notices our sin and asks us to change, but more than that it's his gaze where we feel that living gaze of the Lord upon us. And it's not a gaze of justice or condemnation, but a gaze of mercy. just like Peter after he sinned, denying Jesus three times, Scripture tells us that Jesus' eyes caught his, and Peter began to weep, not because Jesus was looking at him like he was going to condemn him, because he understood how his sin hurt Jesus but the Lord still looked on him with great tenderness and mercy and so maybe we encounter this in prayer or in the sacrament of confession or in scripture but most often as you've heard me say before we encounter this merciful loving gaze of the Lord through other people that Christ mediates his gaze it could be through our parents our friends a priest religious even possibly someone we've never met before Many of us have had that experience, maybe several experiences, where we felt seen, where we experienced through the gaze of the encounter with another, the mercy of the Lord. Even in our sin, even in our shame, even we feel so terrible that we know that the Lord is looking upon us, seeing beyond that to who we truly are. But the deeper truth is this. That while indeed we are invited to experience this, we ourselves as baptized Christians are called to be that gaze to other people. The people who are lost, the people who don't know themselves, the people like the Samaritan woman who are trying to hide from others. That our conversion Our encounter with the merciful gaze of the Lord should change us in a way that we are able to see others with the eyes of Jesus, to see them in a new way, to give what we have received, not judgment, not nitpicking, but mercy and compassion, not denying sin, not denying alienation from God, but calling people back into the father's house but too often because of our own sinfulness because of our own weakness because of concupiscence we often only see the faults of other people our eyes gravitate to what they're doing wrong what they've done wrong maybe 10 15 20 years ago we put them in a box and it's a gaze of condemnation a gaze of judgment not a gaze of mercy and so in some reading i was doing this week I stumbled upon a quote from a great Catholic author, George Bernanos, who wrote the book, The Diary of a Country Priest, at the beginning of the 20th century. And he says this, All too late, experience has taught me that we should not evaluate people by their vices, but on the contrary, by what they have kept intact and pure, by what there is still left in them of childhood, however deep we have to search for it. And so this is what Jesus did. He didn't see and define this woman by her vices, but saw what was still intact. That purity of heart, that child that was there, and called that forth. We are called to do the same thing. It's difficult because we put people in a box. A story that I've told before, but this is one of the good things about being a wisdom. After four years, you probably knew people, they've everybody's forgotten it or haven't heard it before. Is when I was in the seminary, there was somebody there who got on my nerves. People often get on my nerves, not as much as they used to, but I don't know. This guy, he wouldn't brush his teeth. He had tartar all over his teeth. He stunk. He stuttered. He was weird, greasy hair, aggravated. And I was not the kindest to him until after about a semester, one of his friends came up to me and says, Father, or Bryce, I was a father at the time. You know, this guy aggravates you, he aggravates a lot of people. But what you don't know is when he was 14, he watched his father get murdered. I went, not this big. Humility. I didn't know where he came from, what he had been. I had judged him just on that. And so it was a challenge for me to change the way that I saw him. And over time, it did happen. Come to find out, we became friends We shared a love for 80s heavy metal. And so we would go on these trips and make these tapes and we just rocked the whole entire time. We became good friends because I was able to see beyond that eventually. But it took a conversion. And so, yeah, we are going to fail in doing this. And so this is the Lord constantly saying, let's pick ourselves up and go back again. Put on my eyes, the eyes of mercy. And so just as the Lord is patient with us, we need to be patient with ourselves and with others when they fail, when they fail to look at us and others with mercy. And so you can imagine how this woman's life being changed in the encounter with Christ changed the lives of others that she met and brought to Jesus. And so this is all very appropriate, I think, during this Lenten season as we prepare for Easter. That, that new spirit of resurrection, of being able to see the world in a new light, of Christ's condemnation, his overcoming of sin and death. And so, as I've been doing it the past several weeks, I'm going to quote again from Sister Maria Bolding in that little book, The Gateway to Hope. This quote sort of sums up everything that I've been trying to say today. She says, we fail before God and we fail God. We fail before one another and we fail one another. If what we are living together is really a shared life in Christ, there must be room in it for both the experience of failure and for the recognition that it is in failure that the Easter mystery takes hold. Unless the seed dies, it does not rise. Unless we fall, we cannot be saved. There's no resurrection. It is not on the further side of all our weakness in some ideal marriage our family, our community, where no one fails that we shall know God. That's the thing. We're gonna know God when we get to the next world. It's not how it is at all. It is here and now, in our actual marriage, or family, or community, our student center, or university, amid all the frailty and inconsistency that Christ Easter has experienced its power. But in bearing and being born with, in forgiving and being forgiven, And accepting and affirming others and being accepted and affirmed ourselves, we know the Lord through the gaze of others and through our gaze to others. And men and women as they are, sinful and weak and redeemed, still failing often but allowing Christ's compassion to flow freely among them, this is where Easter happens. And this is, during the Lenten season, as we repent from our sins and attempt to put on the eyes of Christ, will we prepare to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord the triumph of His mercy. Amen.